Hello everybody, welcome to One Drink Podcast, we talk about one topic for one drink. I'm Oliver. I'm Matthew. And today on our history show, we are featuring July 26th to August 1st, as well of course, as our two Metal Monster stories. Yep. It's Monday, it's time to learn some new stuff. Yep. Kick the week off right, and that's what we do. Get it rolling. And I'm wearing a suit, Matt used to be, but that he pushed out. Yep. I was getting hot, I sweat, and I stink. This room is little. Small. I didn't smell you though. No, no. You're just smelling yourself. I think. Um, we have a lot of lights. Yep. It gets warm. There's eight lights in here. <laughs> it, gets... it gets warm in this little room. You know. <laughs> Plus we're both full of hot fucking air, so you know it's different. And we talk, and we're just talking and talking and talking. Yep. So oh, yeah, show only 15 minutes long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 47 minutes later. God, it's great. But I love every minute of it. Um, so, we're going to go to July 26, 1955. Okay. Ted Allen throws a record 72 consecutive horseshoe ringers. Have you played horseshoes? Yes. It's hard. It's to a throw th- one. Yeah. The guy must have been a farrier. I don't we, know. We've talked about this. Have we? On the show before. Not this oh. fact, but, but horseshoes uh-huh. and how it became a game. Um, I... Probably. And it must have just been farriers. What's that? The people that make horseshoes. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, They're called okay. farriers. Oh, okay. And, you know, you make one, uh-huh. and then you got, you know, they just put it on that right. stack around, like, a metal piece of rebar or whatever. Yeah. And I bet you they were just like... You don't think it was you know, legit? Ding, 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 ding. Throw it over on the dun pile. I mean, it... You know I'm, what I mean? I'm thinking, like, it was a legit... Like, what's the feat? For the stakes, do you know? No, but that's that's the way that the game is played. Yeah. But I'm saying the origins of oh, the game okay. <laughs> must have come from when yeah. they were making them. Okay. And they were done, and they just toss it, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, on the stake where they had all the horseshoes that they've made. No, I get you. And then, you know, so if you and me were fairies and we're making horseshoes all right. day, be like, bro, I bet you I can get more on the stick than you can. Right. And then they just did it. And then, you know, one day they were just like, let's take this outside then. Wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, and probably got no credit for it. Right. Whatsoever. But I completely suck at horseshoes. Yeah, me too. Well, you know, close only counts in yeah. horseshoes and hand grenades. For, for sure. And, like, it's popular here, but it's not... There's not a lot of people that actually yeah. play it. But, I mean, you have to have the space, you have to have the pit, you know what right. I mean? It's not like a game you can just take with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? But 72 in a row. That's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. Come on, so he's just like... That's got to be a world record, right? So he has... You know how, like, cornhole? Yeah. These guys are just... Yeah. Tinks. And he must have just had a stack of them. <laughs> like, this high, dude. Right, but he's just like... He's got it down to where he could just... Think. And it's like, it just doesn't... It yeah. doesn't move. Or... I, 72 in a row. Come on. That's... Horseshoes. Bet you didn't know that, did you, people? Bet you didn't. Yep. That's why you have to watch... All right, I'm going to take us to June 27th, 1953. Mm-hmm. So, literally, one day after... Oh, no, 55? Yeah, this was 55. 55. Damn, I was going to say one day after. Anyways, <laughs> so 1953, um, the Korean War ended with the signing of an armistice uh, by U.S. and North Korean delegates mm. um, in a city that I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to. Smart. Uh, the war had lasted just over three years. Damn. Just three years. Mm-hmm. But that and, I mean, that's was... only... You know, that was less than... You know, that, that war started less than 10 years after, or less, oh, like five years after World War II ended, right. too. So it's just, it's like, just like crisis after, after crisis after crisis yeah. after crisis. It's crazy. And how long did that Iraq war last? 
No, it wasn't since that, 9-11. Yeah, it wasn't that And that, we're now just pulling out. That was like a 20-year, 20-something year. So it's nine, yeah, 20 years. <sighs> oh, one. Man. 20 years. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Yeah. And? A month. That's crazy. 20 years. I remember it. Me too. Just like yesterday. Me too. I was in history history class. Ninth grade. Yeah. History class, huh? Yeah. Crazy. Ironic, right? It is. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, obviously I know a couple friends that have been over there and came back, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's just crazy. Yeah. Ugh. So we're going to go on July 26, 1931. This one is just weird, so I had to put it in here. Perfect. <clears throat> a swarm of grasshoppers descends on crops throughout the American heartland, devastating millions of acres in Iowa, Nebraska, and South Carolina. Already in the midst of a bad drought, suffered tremendously from this disaster. Since the very beginning of agriculture, people have struggled to prevent insects from eating their crops. Dang. I didn't, grasshoppers. I didn't know grasshoppers can do that. Like, just... Yeah. I, I guess they nibble on the leaves or whatever, but they... Oh, yeah, they eat the shit up. Well, I mean, you know, you put... It's like, a, you know, like swarms of locusts, you know what I mean? They'll come in... True. Billions of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And just decimate, you know, hundreds of thousands of acres worth of... Yeah. Food. But millions of acres of land. It's crazy. That's a lot. That's a lot. For a farmer? It's like... You'd be... Screwed. What do you do? Nothing. You're just like... I mean, you're broke that year. (laughs) You are... Broke as fuck. Broke as hell. For some bugs. Grasshoppers. I'd be be mad as shit. Oh, my God. And, I mean, you're talking 1931, too. I mean, that's... That's Great Depression. And plus... Literally. Farming was huge back then, you know? But, I mean, it's, you know... I mean, you're the the, oh, the yeah, country's yeah. already in the midst of the, of the depression, right? And then now there's a food shortage as well. That's crazy, dude. How that many, sucks, man? How many grasshoppers you think? That sucks. Billions, to, literally. It had to be to take out. It had to be billions. Dude. It had to be billions. Oh my! God. Can you imagine them coming towards your house though? Just dude, it would off, like freak me the fuck out, man. But but you're looking and you're like, is that a storm? What the hell? Like, is that a cloud? Things? What is that? It's doing, and then doing, just bug. Doing, Can you imagine doing, being doing, stuck doing. outside when they all came through? Oh. Now, can they bite? No. They can't No, but still, I mean, you know, grasshoppers can get big, dude. And I don't want them landing all over me and just freaking oh, I'm out. I'm out. Grasshoppers, watch out for I'd them. I'd have had to just, you know, I'd have had to just jump off the <laughs> anything that was high up. High falls, yo. Fuck. <clears throat> I might have lived the first time. July 30th, 1975, uh, former Teamsters union leader Jimmy Hoffa was last seen outside a restaurant near Uh, Detroit, Michigan. Uh, His 13-year federal prison sentence had been commuted by President Richard M. Nixon in 1971. On December 8th, 18, or uh, I'm sorry, 1982, seven years after his disappearance, an Oakland County judge declared Hoffa officially dead. Nice. And, you know, being a Giants fan, Mm -hmm. you should know this myth. That Jimmy Hoffa's buried underneath the stadium. Yeah. Yeah. The old stadium. The old stadium. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool. I know. Like, if I It'd be was... be cool to find him. Find him, but, like, if I was able to, like, get buried, you know, just somewhere famous. You'd want to be buried underneath the Giants stadium? Hell yeah, dude. That would be... Dude, it's the Giants, that bro. That would be sweet. Then they would start winning Super Bowls again, and... Well, why would they start winning Super Bowls? 
Because I was. You were dead? Yeah. And, and like, buried underneath him? This game's for Matt. This game's for Matt. Maybe one little tuft of dirt that was growing, a uh, grass that was growing a little bit higher than the other ones. I'm or so, maybe a little shorter. I'm so little, man. I just take up like a very minute you'd, like, you'd be like on the zero of the 50 mark on the 50-yard line. I could fit it. Yeah. Be right in the zero. This is me. The center of the zero would have just perfect grass in it. That'd be hilarious. Uh, be like, dude, didn't you have to, you used to have a co-host on your show? <laughs> no, we don't talk about him anymore. Yeah. He's gone. Uh, July 29th, 1844. First U.S. Yacht Club. Hey, something we'll never be a part of. Never. No. And even if Do I... they have Z-list celebrity boats? Or are they like those little metal dinghies with the little engine that's like on the outside of the boat? I'll take it. I'll take it. But yeah, there is there is a yacht club here in Rochester. Oh yeah, it's huge. And they are there are some. My buddy's dad had a 50-foot just... A nice boat. boat. Oh, my yeah. God. So the owner of of where I work, mm-hmm. he's a member of the Yacht Club. And uh, a girl there was getting married. This dude was like, oh, yeah, you're getting married? He's like, yeah, just have it at the Yacht Club. No shit. Yeah. He just let her use his, his mem- yacht, his membership or whatever. To his, do it at the yacht club? Yeah, that's freaking cool. And she, that was nice of him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, and was, she wasn't even thinking about it. She was, you know, I don't know where she was going to get married, but I mean, the yacht club. I mean, you know, I always, not, yacht clubs have like a negative stereotype against them mm-hmm. because, you know, I just always associate douchebags with <laughs> just yacht clubs. Rich, you know, just rich, just think that they're better clubs. than everybody else. So it's nice to know that, you know, I'm wrong. Yeah. That there's, yeah. you know, this dude's like, hey, do have it at, at the yacht club. Right. Have at it. Let's yeah. do it. That's cool. And it was, uh, I saw some pictures of it. It's, you know, it's fairly nice. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he's a pimp. That's awesome. So let's get into some, some Medal, Medal of Honor stories. Medal of Honor, baby. I love it. All right, I'm going to kick us off with Herschel F. Bryles, or Brillis. I'm not sure how you say this last name. I apologize for not <laughs> being able to know how to pronounce it. I'm going to say Brillis. If it's wrong, I do apologize. But I'm just going to call him Herschel. There you go. So I, I got that one. Cool name. Super cool name. Herschel. Herschel. He was leading a platoon of destroyers across an exposed slope near Germany. Got it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, on uh, November 20th, 1944, when they came under heavy enemy artillery fire, a direct hit was scored on one of the vehicles, Jeez. killing one man, seriously wounding two others, and setting the destroyer afire. With a comrade, Sergeant um, Herschel... <laughs> left the cover of his own armor and raced across the ground, wrecked by artillery and small arms fire, to rescue the man in the shattered destroyer. So, I'm not sure what a destroyer is, mm-hmm. but I'm assuming it's some type of armored vehicle. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, this the other one got hit, and he's like, "I'm gonna go get him." Yeah. Um. Without hesitation, he lowered himself into the burning turret, uh, removed the wounded, and then extinguished the fire. So, they're driving across, they're getting shot at, one of the vehicles gets hit, it's on fire, right, blows up essentially, he crawls in it, gets the guys out, and then puts the fire out. Damn. Crazy. Um, From a position he assumed the next morning, he observed hostile infantrymen advancing. 
With his machine gun, he poured such deadly fire into the enemy ranks that an entire pocket of 55 Germans surrendered. <laughs> Solo! 55 of them surrendered That's just badass. by him. Clearing the way for a junction between American units, which had been held up for two days. Later that day, when another of his destroyers was hit by a concealed enemy tank, he again left protection to give assistance. With the help of another soldier, he evacuated two wounded under heavy fire and, returning to the burning vehicle, braved death from exploding ammunition to put out the flames. By his heroic initiative and complete disregard for personal safety, um, Herschel was largely responsible for causing heavy enemy casualties, forcing the surrender of 55 Germans, That's crazy. making possible um, the salvage of our vehicles and saving the lives of wounded comrades. That's crazy. I mean, you talk about literally Doing running well. into the line of fire. Yeah, yeah. Like, the guy literally over and over again, too. And he survived it. Saved some lives and got 55 Germans to surrender solo. That's dude. the best part dude, of the Badass. Story. But I mean, I, you, you gotta figure, though, that somebody named Herschel... You know. They're not gonna be a loser. He's going in and he's... Yeah. He's kicking ass. And taking names. 53, that's... 55. 55. 55. Whew, way crazy. All right, we're going to go to Richard G. Wilson. Korean War, U.S. Army. All right. As medical aid man attached to Company 1, he accompanied the he accompanied the unit during a recognizance. Reconnaissance. Reconnaissance. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to mess that word Yeah. Gotta say it I was waiting for it because you looked at me first, <laughs> then read it, then looked back at me. I got your back, bro. Through the hilly country of Opare. That'll work. Sounds I good. like it. The main body of the company was passing through a narrow valley flanked with three sides by high hills when the enemy laid down a barrage of mortar, automatic weapons, and small arms fire. The company suffered a large number of casualties from the intense hostile fire while fighting its way um, out of the ambush. Uh... Wilson proceeded at uh, once to move among the wounded and administer aid to them, oblivious of the danger to himself, constantly exposing himself to hostile fire. So again, he's out there, he sees wounded people, he's helping. And he's got to go for it, yeah. And that's all he's doing. The company commander ordered a withdrawal as enemies threatened to encircle uh, and isolate the company. As his unit withdrew, Wilson assisted wounded men to safety and assured himself that none were left behind, which is common. In almost every single story we've read. Yep. After the company had pulled back, he had learned that the comrade previously thought dead had been seen moving and attempting to crawl to safety. Despite the uh, protest of his comrades, unarmed and facing merciless enemy, Wilson returned to the dangerous position in search of his comrade. Two days later, the patrol found him lying besides the man he returned to aid. He had been shot several times while trying to shield and administer the wounded man, Wilson. Um, Wilson's superb personal bravery... Um, courage and willing self-sacrifice for his comrade reflect untold glory upon himself and uphold the esteemed traditions of the military service. Dang. Yep. So he just seen a little bit of movement. Yep. And he was like, I'm going to get him. There's life there. And you know, it's, it's, it's heart-wrenching too because they found him... Shielding the guy. Shielding the guy. So, I mean, for... You know, and I, I don't want to assume anything about the situation, but if they'd already thought that this guy had passed, right, right, 
and they saw just a flicker of movement. Uh, this guy gave his life up for a very small chance that he to could save. even potentially save this guy. Yep. But he still tried. Yep. Like that says so much yeah. about him as a person that yeah. he would literally never give up on you. Yeah. If you needed help. Yeah. That's And that's what he did and I mean that one that one hits me. Yeah. A lot. Just a little bit and he was like, "No. Nope. Right, I'm going. I'm willing to sacrifice my life to yeah. even And then he yes, yeah, so even he, just to not let the guy die alone." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to not I'm not going to let you die alone in the dirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Scared and alone. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 going to be here. That's, and even under fire, he was shielding, you know right. him. Yeah. Protecting and him. Just for that little bit, man. So, yes, Wilson. Two good stories. Yeah. That one got me. Yeah. That one got me a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Some, so, some of these, I mean, I, you know, we feel and respect. I got chills. All of, I know. <laughs> we feel and respect all of these stories, obviously. But oh, yeah. There's some that just sort of, you know, you. touch a heartstring, like, a little different. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I mean, I just got chills reading Yeah, it, so I know. I got, like, I got goosebumps. Duh, when you read that last yeah. part about yeah. that they found him shielding the other, you know, this... Ugh. Yep. Man. So. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible stories. I like them both. Me too. I like all of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyways, guys, that is our history and, of course, our esteemed Metal, Metal Honor. Honor stories yeah. for the week. Don't forget, you can check out all these history shows every Monday as well as check out our full-length shows on Wednesdays, and yep. during the week, you can check out our brand new reaction videos. Mm-hmm. This week, be sure to have a look, because we react to us, our very first show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Yeah. And don't forget to drop a comment, like, and subscribe both to our YouTube page and our Facebook page at One Drink Podcast. And, if you don't have the opportunity to look at our beautiful faces, mm-hmm. you can listen to us. Listen on all major platforms. Our beautiful voices. Our beautiful voices. <laughs> but isn't that what you want to hear? Yeah. In your earbuds while you're walking through Wegmans? Or even, if you can't sleep at night, just pop us in. Pop We're us in. sure to bore you to death. <laughs> to sleep. We're sure to put you to sleep. That's what I meant. You'll just, That's what I meant. You'll fall right asleep. Yeah. You know? Yep. I mean, my laugh might keep you up, but... It might. Um, it'll definitely put you It'll to definitely sleep. be something. <laughs> Anyways, guys, for both of us here at One Drink, (laughs) see ya! I hate this coaster. (laughs)